Hello, and welcome to Modern Animism Radio. This is Laura Giles, your host and co-founder of Pan Society. I get a lot of questions about soulmates, twin flames, and spiritual relationships. While it's not specifically an animist topic, I want to share my take on it as a past life regression facilitator, animist, and therapist. Before I pause to give thanks to our ancestors and elements, as I do before every show, I want to share why I do that, because it came to my attention that some people aren't taught that. We take things without saying thank you. And when you do that, it's an act of entitlement that doesn't recognize the interdependence that we all have. It doesn't acknowledge the love and care that went into thinking about you and giving to you. When you give back, you keep the love chain going. You feed that resource that feeds you and keeps it strong. There's a saying among the African community, each one teach one. It actually comes from the slave days when people of color were not allowed to be educated. So if they were lucky enough to have any learning, they passed it along to someone else. And I hope that you will take that to heart and do the same. We don't have much of a literacy problem here, but we do have a problem with basic values, kindness, spiritual values, and just other awareness. We live in a time when there's a lot of aloneness, disconnection, and sadness. And basic things like gratitude, humility, kindness, respect, and personal responsibility can go a long way. It's not your job to tell other people what to do or to make them in your image of who they should be But if you have the chance to model these ideas or teach someone who's open to learning, please do. Okay, so I'd like to give thanks to the earth and home for all the beautiful plants and animals that feed us and all the beautiful things like the sun and the moon that help us enjoy life here on this planet. I give thanks to the air for the oxygen that we breathe, the ability to communicate, the ideas that keep flowing to us from this program, I thank the fire within that gives us the passion to create for Pan Society. I give thanks to the water that goes into deep, dark places and reminds us of our wholeness and connection to the other world. I thank our plant, animal, and mineral ancestors for all you do to make life possible. And give thanks to our human ancestors for all the ways that we're supported that we see and don't see. Thank you to all our viewers for our comments and questions. Thanks to the supporters for your donations. Um, We got some from some countries we haven't heard from before uh, last week. So that's really, really awesome. Love um, to be out there reaching you. And if you'd like to be one of those supporters, you can make a donation at buymeacoffee forward slash pansociety or on our website at pansociety.net at the bottom of the page. So I'd like to talk about soulmates and twin flames. Um, even though I've done this before on a podcast and, and YouTube videos, I think. So I know I've talked about it before somewhere. Uh, and today I'm going to dive deeper because I see a lot of romantic misinformation going around that I think is harmful. I want to save you some heartache, okay? So I'm not saying that I'm right. There are many ways to look at anything. Um, but if what I have to say resonates with you, cool. So like I said before, this is coming from my experience as a past life regression facilitator, mainly. So a soulmate is someone with whom you have, have a soul contract to do something with in this lifetime. It doesn't have to do with being in a relationship. It could be any old thing. Uh, it's created before we're born, and you can't miss it. If it's meant for you, it's going to find you. You don't have to sit still waiting for it, and you don't have to go out and get it. And if you've ever had a feeling that you knew someone before you met or just had a strong attraction, a strong aversion, or even if somebody just popped up in the right time in the right place, you could be face-to-face with your soulmate. And the things that people say about soulmates and twin flames may be true. 
And I say maybe because I, they're not always true in every case. But you may have dreamed about this person before you met. You may be able to communicate with them telepathically. You may find yourself irresistibly drawn to them. You may feel like you know them deeply before you really do. You may have this past life memories uh, with this person. And it could be super intense. But soulmate and twin flame relationships may not be romantic. That's the really, really big takeaway from today, okay? It could be your mother, a sibling, a teacher, a best friend, a next-door neighbor, or even a stranger whose name you never get. And these encounters may last a few minutes or a lifetime. There's nothing that says that you and your soulmate or soulmates, because you can't have more than one, have to stay together. The only agreement is that you come together together, together for a purpose. Now, I say agree because it's exactly that. It's a mutual agreement. So if your soulmate is a nasty fellow, that's part of the bargain. Nothing says that this has to be a nice relationship. He or she could be the one that hurts you very badly. We learn hard lessons through pain. And if it were easy, we wouldn't need a soulmate to help us work it out. We could do it with just any old body and do it the first time. We all know someone whose mom is their best friend, right? They're so close and the child can't imagine life without her. Same with the mom. That could be a soulmate relationship. Or it could be just the opposite. Maybe they hate their mom. She's either just like them or it's nothing like them, so they clash all the time. This could be a soulmate relationship. I think it's important to impress this point because so often we get hung up on finding our other half and being completed by this person, and it's not about that at all. These soulmate contracts are often issues um, that we do over and over again in the same way before we finally catch on and do something different. For example, I just had a client whose pattern was to lose the girl. He'd fall in love, get the girl, and then something would happen and he'd be lonely. This was a very frustrating pattern for him, and he wondered why he wasn't getting it, why he couldn't figure out how to keep her. Then he realized that it wasn't his lesson after all. It was more about grieving the loss learning how to keep living afterward because he'd just give up. He was a dead man walking after his heartbreak, and he'd lived for decades afterward, but he really died when the relationship ended, so it was a waste of a life. And at the end of the regression, he felt the same. He felt like he let the girl down. And that was the story. He was sticking to it. And then after a few days, you know, he digested it. It clicked. He was able to see the wonderful life that he has now and chose to start living it, and that's how it works. The soulmate is the catalyst that puts something into action and helps us to see our shadow or our block spaces, how we're not loving or giving or living or whatever it is that we're not seeing. It doesn't have to be a quote-unquote big thing. I had a client who was pretty self-righteous and stubborn, and she prided herself on it. And she had a past life memory of a man when she was the same way, and she projected this on her wife, who was her best friend in this life. And when she saw herself acting that way, she was able to put two and two together and explain to herself why she treated her best friend that way. She had almost been proud of it before and didn't think it was a problem at all. It was as if her best friend deserved it. I don't know if she chose to change anything after that because I didn't see her again, but at least she left with the knowledge of why they had this tie and what role they played for each other. So zoom out. See the big picture. You can do that now without a soulmate, but usually don't. Most of us are asleep at the wheel most of the time. The soulmate relationship is there to wake us up. We have some strong tie with them and can't seem to get away. They crawl under our skin and make us pay attention, and that's what they're there for. It's a gift. 
And while it may be sweet and romantic at first in some cases, you can best believe that it comes with some heavy lifting. The two of you may have to bury a child, deal with addiction, go through a war, endure adultery. adultery. One of you could get really sick or die or go through infertility or something that you deeply care about. You could um, found an empire. It doesn't have to be something negative, but whatever it is, it'll most likely be a growth opportunity. And we do these things for each other out of love. So even when it seems like your soulmate becomes your enemy or your torture, it all started out of love. Remember that. It's easier to see if you're a step removed from it, like in a past life regression. It's really hard to remember if you're in the middle of it and it hurts. So if you have issues with your boss, best friend, or lover, look into your eyes and remember who she is. Remember that she's here for your highest and best good, even if it seems like she's trying to kill you. It might be that she's trying to teach you how to stand up for yourself, leave a bad situation, or provoke you to get help for some long-standing issue so that you can be a better person. So even undesirable things have a positive purpose. And remember the gift. I think of it kind of like this. We're all playing roles. In the juicy roles are sometimes the wicked witch or the handicapped guy. Think of the Academy Award winners. They're usually for hard roles like this, right? It gives us a lot more emotion and range than if we played the average Joe. And if you chose to be the undercover narc who gets down and dirty with the drug dealers, you're probably going to do some dirty stuff along the way. And you risk losing yourself in that role, and you start believing that part that you're playing is you. So when someone agrees to play the heavy in your story, they're taking a lot on in your behalf. I see that as a huge gesture of love. Now, I'm not saying they're not getting something out of it, too. It's always a two-way street. So you're giving them something too, but it is an agreement made from love. And never forget that part. Soulmate contracts are loving at the core. Now, twin flames are people who are your other half. So they're your mirror. And the truth of it is there's no division, and we're all mirrors for each other, but the twin flame is like the closest relationship, if there can be such a thing in a place of oneness. So it's like your literal twin, the person who shares the womb, the sperm, and the egg with you. They're the other half of you. And this isn't necessarily a romantic relationship either. In fact, I think it's the hardest person to be with because this person is the most like you in some way. They bring out all the hard parts of yourself that you don't like to see and don't want to see. They're your shadow. It's hard to come face-to-face with all the things you don't like in yourself, right? So this could be the person who's the hardest to love or be in a relationship with, whether it's a brother, lover, or friend. Well, think of it this way. Not not even shadow necessarily. Let's say that you're salt, okay? And you come up with another person who is salt. Little salt's good, a lot of salt not so good, right? It can make something inedible. So it just could be too much of it, and it's just enough of it for you to see yourself. So maybe it's not bad. I think that's maybe a friendlier way of stating it. Now, the thing I want to talk about with Twin Flames is this idea of a runner and a chaser. And I see this all over the place, and I think it's pathological and romantic. And it helps people sustain the idea that their relationship is special. And if they just hang in there and play their cards right, things will work out beautifully. And let me tell you something. If she's running, let her go. She's not the one for you. Someone who loves you will be there for you. Put their cards on the table and woo you. Anything else is a game, a maturity issue, or a mental health issue. And this runner-chaser dynamic comes from insecure attachment. So secure attachment is when your mom paid attention to your needs, 
fed you, cuddled you, and was attentive to you when you grew up, and you were able to communicate openly, express trust, feel your feelings, show your feelings, and cooperate with others. So babies need to be looked at, cooed at, smiled at, and cuddled. It literally impacts how the brain develops. Without this touch and attention, the baby will not have normal emotional responses or relationships, and that's just the fact. If you're a caregiver, and I'll say caregiver because it could have been your father or a grandparent, your primary caretaker doesn't have to be your mother, but if your primary caretaker was not that, you can have an anxious attachment style, which shows up as anxiety, problems with communicating your needs clearly, and you act out when you need something instead of just asking for what you want. The avoidant dismissive attachment style is the runner. And this person acts like the relationship isn't all that important, or maybe it isn't. Um, is very independent and take care of themselves, and they become vulnerable when there's a big crisis. And this can look healthy because they are self-sufficient and not overly emotional, but they have a hard time in relationships because they don't trust. Now, the avoidant fearful, or it's sometimes called the avoidant preoccupied attachment, is more dependent. They fear abandonment, so that's the chaser. They have low self-esteem and lots of anxiety. They tend to be needy or clingy. The runners and chasers are natural mates. They attract each other for some crazy reason. You could be in a room with 50 people, and they all have these antennas, and they're going to find each other. So everyone's attraction antenna works in this way. We know what feels comfortable and like love um, to love the way we love. So for mom was inattentive, we learned that that's what love looks like. So the inattentive guy is the one we want. If we were abused as children, love looks like abuse. If our caregivers sometimes gave us praise and the next thing you know they're running us down, that's what love looks like. So that's going to be the guy that I go for. And with this runner and chaser, this is a disaster waiting to happen. The chaser feels secure when everything is intimate, close, and snuggly, and the runner doesn't like that at all. It makes him feel claustrophobic. So the runner pulls away to feel safe, and the chaser moves in to feel safe. If this is a couple, one of them's happy and the other is not, pretty much all the time. So there's no win-win in this situation. The only way to get that is for them both to either find a securely attached partner so that they can have a healthier relationship, or get healthy themselves. So this isn't something you have to live with. You can change it. It's not the easiest thing in the world, but it is doable. I'm a trauma therapist, so quite naturally I'd say start there with a trauma therapist. And this might not look like a trauma issue to you, especially if there are no bruises or hitting going on, but from a brain standpoint, it is. Your brain didn't develop normally, and your body doesn't give healthy, comfortable cues from touch or relationships so working at it from that angle will be beneficial. Of course, there's other things that help too. So I'm sure everyone out there is Googling now to see if they have attachment issues, right? <laughs> some anxiety and new love and some drama is normal. That's why there are all these songs about not being able to sleep or eat when you're special someone comes around. But here are some signs that um, things to look for. So things like needing to be in control of situations or your person feeling detached from people, you can't show affection, you feel like you don't belong, you lack trust, you have impulse control issues, anger issues, loneliness, craving love, but you can't give it or receive it, you don't have an emotional investment in people, uh, being super private, lacking empathy, not saying you're sorry, um, fear of abandonment, uh, being a people pleaser and not knowing what you want, not asking for what you want. So those are those are warning signs. So everybody has some of those. If you have lots of those, you might be thinking, hmm, maybe I need some help. 
And if you meet someone who you feel is your twin flame and you're running or chasing, stop. Look in the mirror. See yourself. See the person who can't be in a healthy relationship until they accept that they don't have the tools to be in a healthy relationship yet. And work on that. I want you to be happy. I want you to be fulfilled. I want you to feel like you're in love with your life. And that's not going to happen if you're standing, if you're not standing full of your sovereignty and power and shining in your healthiest light. So it's worth it to do the work. It may not be easy, but you only have to do it once. Once you got it, you got it. And this doesn't mean the first relationship that comes along will be the right one, but you'll be able to tell earlier if it's healthy or not. And either, you know, get into it or, or walk away from it with a sense of certainty because let's face it, it's not always easy to resist that pull of karma, right? And you might be tested. You might be here to learn to say no to abuse, to love yourself more. And you get out of that one situation only to find yourself coming across another one. So just say no. When the universe sees that you mean no, it'll stop sending you that guy or that girl. So let me familiarize you with another term that may or may not overlap with this runner-chaser dynamic, and that is the trauma bond. This happens when two people are in a cycle of abuse. It could be the parent and child or lovers or really anyone. What happens is that it starts out with idealization or love bombing. Lots of praise and intimacy, good times, but it feels really good. And then comes the name calling, the ghosting, the game playing, manipulating, cheating, lying, could be hitting, backhanded compliments. Um, it's hard to leave this person because they were so sweet in the beginning and you want to believe it could be like that again. And he or she has good reasons for what happens. It was a bad day at work. They got drunk. They were kidding or whatever. And it may seem like a no-brainer to someone who's not in that situation to just get out. But if you're in it, it literally provokes a trauma response in your brain that wants to keep you alive. So you go into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And that last one, in case you're not familiar with it, is to placate or start people-pleasing people to get out of danger. And this can be followed by a honeymoon period where there's more love bombing, affection, gift-giving, and that sort of thing. So you think things are going to change, but they don't. They may say things like, oh, we were meant to be together. You're my soulmate. I dreamed of you before I came. So you can think there's a spiritual connection. And maybe it is. I wouldn't discount that. That's what all karmic relationships are about, you know? It's about repeating something to give you another chance to break out of a pattern. So just because it's a soulmate or a twin flame relationship doesn't mean that it's healthy or meant to be. Love doesn't hurt. Love's not abusive. You can stay or go in any relationship just know that a healthy relationship certainly feels a lot better than an abusive one. And you can heal this, but you're probably not going to do it together. Just, I'm just saying, from a therapist standpoint, it doesn't really happen that often. So what does a healthy partnership look like? Well, there's um, open and clear communication. You know where you stand, and there's not this big guessing game. You disclose things that impact each other so there's no unpleasant surprises so that the relationship is a partnership, not a dictatorship. There's space. There's me time. There's us time. And that's okay. We don't have to be all up on each other all the time. There are healthy boundaries. You feel safe to talk about things, say no, ask questions, put up limits. There's trust. There's respect. There's no um, name calling or putting each other down. You speak with love, and the goal of problem-solving for both people is feeling good at the end. It's um, a relationship that does feel good at the end, not, um, or most of the time, not heavy and fraught with anxiety. 
And the people who come to us are those who resonate at our level. If you're not liking the options, level up. Learn something. Heal something. We're all mirrors. Don't just stand there with your hand open on and expecting something good to plop in it. Or stand there with your hand on your hip complaining. Grow. It's your life. Do something lovely with it. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter if your parents were poor, uneducated, mentally ill, or had an addiction issue. So it doesn't matter what your legacy is. I work with people every day who are changing their ancestral story right now, starting with them. They're making a new story for themselves and their children. You may have heard me say the universe does not care if you do it in this lifetime or 10,000 lifetimes from now. It takes as long as it takes. So why not knock it out today? It's up to you. There's no right or wrong. You can experience love and connection, or you can experience a soul-stealing and validation and game plan. It's up to you. If running and chasing seems like a fun time to you, do it. If you seem to have the same relationship over and over again, only the names change, maybe it's time to do something different, starting with you. You know, we can blame all day long, but relationships are a two-way street. And if you take care of the baggage that you bring into it, the relationship will improve. So I wouldn't sit there waiting for someone else to do something when I can do my part. Now, this might not be the easiest thing if you have an insecure attachment style. It could be really hard if you come from generations of people with insecure attachment styles. This doesn't mean it's impossible. There is definitely a spiritual component to this. That's how the soulmate twin flame piece works. Past life regression works really well for this. It can show you what you're probably blind to. It may even be enough to help you fix it. But insecure attachment is also a brain and body thing. Your brain didn't develop normally because you didn't have the optimum environment to grow up in. Your body sends you cues about danger and anxiety that might not be real. So you run from people who aren't trying to hurt you, or maybe you don't notice them at all and want to be around them because you're just too afraid. So trauma therapy helps with this. I want to tell you that in my experience, once you learn what you're meant to learn, that attraction that's drawing you close to this person goes away. There's no need for it to sustain itself because you've crossed that hurdle already. Now it's up to you whether you want to sustain that relationship or not. If it's good, keep it. If it's your mom, you'll probably have a better, healthier relationship. But if it's a romantic one, just know that that's part of the cycle. Things renew and move on to the next stage, and that's part of growth. So it's not a bad thing to leave it. Some people want to hold on longer because they can't deal with change or loss. And this is going to keep you stuck in that pattern, and you'll keep drawing opportunities for you to change and lose people. So like I said, when I have that opportunity of doing it an hour later, I get that hard stuff over with. But again, that's your choice. It's your life. Do it how you like. So the bottom line is that soulmate twin flame urge that you might feel is a wake-up call to get to work. They're deeply spiritual and special, but it's not necessarily a one true love type of thing. There's a lesson there for you that your soul does not want you to miss. It's a big opportunity for a huge personal and spiritual advancement that will probably come with some pain. So don't run yourself out trying to find this person. They're meant for you. They're going to find you. I don't know if everyone has this in the cards, but if you do, enjoy it. It's probably going to be really tumultuous, painful, wonderful, and produce a lot of growth. If you want to know how to navigate relationships in a healthy way, it comes down to two things, and we're always talking about this, and that's sovereignty and connection. Do you? 
Be the most authentic, healthy version of yourself. Don't hem and haul on hints. Speak up. Be clear. Ask for what you want. Live your values. Be seen. Not necessarily mean be loud and flamboyant unless that's who you are. Some of us are peacocks. Just stand in your power. But also be connected. Practice other awareness. So if someone is hurt, notice. If someone needs help, notice. If you do this, you'll start to know if someone is interested in you because you'll develop this energetic intuition. You're not going to move too fast or too slow, which is sometimes a problem in relationships. And you'll know if someone's trustworthy or not. And if you get mixed signals at any time, it's always a no or a move away signal. And even if it isn't, it is. Because to do anything else, it's to potentially trample on someone else's sovereignty. So let's say that it happens because, you know, you get mixed signals because somebody is shy. Still back it up. You can't force a connection. If the other person doesn't want it, it's okay. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Just find one who wants to be with you and is ready for that. I know that the romantic stories can make these soulmate and twin flame relationships same like the end-all, be-all. And if you like, uh, if you have a happy one, fantastic. Enjoy it. Learn from it. Grow with it. And if you don't have one, it's okay. If it's meant to be, you will. And if not, enjoy life as it is. This moment is the one you're meant to be in. Do it the best you can, and tomorrow will take care of itself. I wouldn't put too much emphasis on it. I know people can feel like a soulmate relationship will make their life worth living, but everything that shows up is what your life is about. There's no relationship that will mean that you can coast from that point to the end. Because the wheel of life is all about change. There's always going to be trials. In my 20-plus years of doing past life regression facilitation, I've only ever had three people who had cushy lives. And I believe that those cushy lives are kind of vacations to urge you to keep coming back to this tough life school on earth. I know that this is um, what one client told me. She had a really challenging life in this time and couldn't find any happiness at all. And her session was a really happy time with this great family and comfort. It gave her hope of having that, even for a little while in this life. She's really depressed. I'd even say suicidal, and it brought her to tears to feel that happiness and fulfillment. It helped her to know it was possible and to keep going through her dark night of the soul so she can come out the other side. All unhappiness is based on unfavorable comparisons. So if you're thinking your life isn't fantastic because you don't wake up to someone who makes your heart sing, let it sing for no reason. Let it sing for you. It's really up to you. You can be happy alone with someone else or unhappy alone or with someone else. It's not about who you're with. It's about what you choose to focus on. It's about who you are. So even people with the worst circumstances can be happy. Just remember that this is it, whatever this is. I had a client come in, and this is actually common, who said she had the love of her life. They were soulmates. She had this dreamy life together. Then he up and left her, and she was blindsided. Didn't see it coming. So obviously there were problems that she didn't see, but what could be the lesson in that? Again, like the guy I talked about before who loved and lost, maybe it's about learning how to deal with loss. Maybe it's about learning how to keep going. Maybe it's about not losing faith. Maybe it's about speaking up, listening, paying more attention, being more other aware owning your issues, or I don't know, but we learn through pain. Pain is a motivator. We want to get out of pain, so we're going to do all kinds of things to not be stuck in it. So no matter what, keep loving and start with yourself. So that's our show for this week. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, This is not an animus topic per se, but if you want to deepen your relationship with yourself and the world around from the animus perspective, please join us on our learning community. It's actually free. 
Uh, we don't believe in selling spiritualities, but we do ask for your support with our mission with a donation. That site is actually being revamped and will soon be up again, but you can check it out at pansociety.org. And you can check out our private Facebook group if you want to join in the discussion and post some questions. Thank you all for being here for this edition of Pan Society Radio. I'm so grateful for you uh, tuning in. Hope you're having a fabulous week and staying safe from COVID. See you next week, guys.